0: Be a surrogate, please Please be our surrogate. I would love to hold a little baby, Sean, baby. I would love so weird. I would really Mm. appreciate it. Would you do it for free? Well, (laughs) failure, anger, sadness, Xanax. What did you learn today? Damn it! Oh, we're so excited about this episode because we got to interview our best friend Lee. I've known her since uh, my freshman year of college. We were actually potluck roommates, you know? So we didn't know who who the other was until we showed up on our first day of school. Um, and we have been like sisters ever since. So it was really interesting, don't you think, Hannah, though, to talk to somebody who you know so intimately and see sort of like the the nuances, the way that they change, the way that they speak differently. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I've heard this story a lot, but I heard it differently this time and I think it's because for the first time I realized that she was still sort of, um, still, it was still sort of a soft spot and nervous to tell it, you know? And so, um, hearing her start from the beginning and go all the way to the end was actually a lot more, it put a lot of things into context and, um, Towards the end, she kind of gets into, like, her regular old rhythm that is, I was more familiar with, but in the beginning, I could tell it was a more... It was a harder thing for her to talk about than I anticipated. Yeah, me too. And it, it's almost a little bit discouraging, honestly, because this is, like, three years gone by. She's in a happy marriage, yet she's still totally affected when telling this story, which makes me a little bit nervous about... I mean, <laughs> ...what's it does. to come in our healing. I mean, I... Yes, I totally nervous in some respects, but also I've think what I've started to learn is that um, what's that phrase, wherever you go, there you are like (laughs) no matter who you're with next or where you go, you're still there with your same fears and issues. Mm -hmm. So, um, and she talks about that sort of at the end is like, you know, the challenges of getting past those fears in our current relationship and marriage and, how, how they've worked through that together, and I thought that was really beautiful, and that was actually super encouraging for me to hear. Yeah, so basically this is a discussion about infidelity. This is something that's followed Lee through her path when it comes to relationships, and, um, and, it, and it's really interesting to hear her take on infidelity and in the ways in which sort of um, her mindset on the issue has changed as mm-hmm. she's experienced it time and time again right on the receiving end um so we hope you enjoy it we didn't introduce ourselves <laughs> god damn it <laughs> we're okay. <Katie> and Anna. <laughs> my personal favorite story is when i walked up to my dorm room freshman year and i see a fully eaten cheesecake with a fork and a sticky note that says you know you were dumped when dot 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 <laughs> There was also a hall meeting that day, so everyone saw. <laughs> wasn't the only My one. my empty cake with a fork and my breakup was pretty public. Oh shit, that was a <laughs> was tough it? one for you. Yeah. yeah, who was that? John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did y'all break up? Um. He started dating someone else, who he then married. Oh shit! He married Wait, her. He married her, I and he, he got engaged the same week as I did. Weird, right? Did you do it for him? I was first. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) what I said. Take that cake. Was there there infidelity in that relationship, or was it just kind of a gray area? So, I'd say it's gray. At least he never told me he cheated on me, but I think it's pretty rare to immediately begin another relationship within 48 hours with a person (laughs) you didn't cheat on them with. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, that segues quick. Yeah. Yeah, he called her, and he called me by her name once. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah. So the signs (laughs) were there. It was was when we were trying to be friends afterwards, so I will say it was after. But Lee says that infidelity has been a part of almost every single relationship that she's been in. Yeah, so I thought it was just one, because there was one before Mm -hmm. my prior husband that was pretty big. Um, but then looking back at even the more insignificant relationships, um, it's been almost all of them, <laughs> every single one. I'm not laughing at you. I just, I didn't know that. Like I didn't even think about that. I didn't that. know that either. Right? <laughs> like you block those things out, I think. Um, I mean, especially if they're insignificant, right? Yeah. Like, so just like, eh, whatever, that they was... were pretty significant at the time. Right. Ooh. And a couple you worked through. Yeah. Like it did not end your relationship. It, I would say it Ultimately, turned all of them a direction that they never really bounced back from them, but that was it was young, right yeah how uh, did you talk through maybe some of the some of the less significant ones, but I mean, they still affected you. How did you talk through that with your then partners? I would say that. Honestly, communication was already struggling in those relationships when infidelity occurred. So like talking through those things was so painful, like not on my emotions, but like if I was a fly on the wall, I would have been like, ugh, break up already. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, I would say like I attempted to confront the situation. I felt like I had to literally muster up the courage for days to speak up for myself. And then I would... Do it and then it would be like met with like an anxious personality that didn't want to talk about it you know like it didn't feel like we were talking. yeah so would you say like in a lot of those instances that infidelity infidelity was almost like like a symptom for incompatibility almost when it comes to communication like it was just like yeah I mean I think incompat- incompatibility for communication yes, but I also think that like we hadn't, we hadn't made communication part of our relationship to begin with. And right. so like, that wasn't the time to practice that, mu- like flex that muscle. You so know that's I mean? the constant then in your experience, yeah. the, the common denominator is a, is poor communication in the relationship. Poor communication and like being your honest self, you know, mm-hmm. being open and vulnerable and communication and being able to talk through those things. Um, when it came down to, it didn't have to be even infidelity. Like we, we didn't talk about finances or we didn't talk about our aspirations or, you know, there's so many different things we weren't talking about. So that by the time we got to infidelity, well, of course we couldn't talk through that. Right. So of these past experiences, is there one that sticks out? I mean, other than like the most recent, is there one that sticks out for any like Reason more than the others, or one that was particularly more painful. I would say my my most recent is Andrew, who I had dated for about a year, but was like the most adult relationship I had had. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of lived together. I mean, I had my maintained my apartment, but we pretty much lived together. We slept in the same room every day. Right. We went on vacations together. We were both in our careers. You know, at one point we talked about moving to a different state together. Um, you know, so it felt really real, and I think at 27-ish, I thought this could be it. Right, sure. So, of course, it was, it was the most challenging, because I was like, wait, that thing I thought was real wasn't real. So, break it down. Tell us the story. I mean, yeah. How'd you find... I guess go backwards. Yeah. How'd you find out? Oof. Um, so... I guess a little background. So Andrew and I lived in downtown Dallas and we had kind of become this like Dallas power couple. We like hung out downtown, everyone knew we were together. Like everyone who saw him without me or vice versa would be like, where's Lee, where's Andrew? Um, So we had kind of created this persona in that place. And then, um, and it was really exciting initially. And then, as time progressed, like it just felt like something was up. Like it wasn't like we weren't like we weren't jiving and it was kind of losing its luster and Mm -hmm. like, um, it's just something was weird. But anytime I tried to talk to him, I felt like I kept on proactively trying to kind of figure out what was up or keep the door open for conversation and, and try to understand each other better. And like we were still in that first year of like figuring each other out. Um, And over time, I was like not getting what I needed back. Like I was getting told what I wanted to hear, and I could tell it or dodging questions. And I was like, this is just weird. Um, But alas, like he was saying the right things, and so like I progressed as usual. Um, So he would he would somehow temper your suspicion. Yeah, I mean, I had like pet names, and he would send me sweet text messages, and right, he, he was doing. Like trying to reassure you or was reassuring you. He was reassuring, even though I was like, why can't we talk, you know, why can't we go there to the deep stuff like I do with my friends or with Mm -hmm. other people I've been in relationships or, you know, just felt like something was like not, it was surface level in so many ways. When I feel like there's a tendency, maybe especially for women, but that might be a, a generalization and a wrong one, but... If your suspicion is is sort of dissolved over and over again, you start to feel crazy, crazy for having. Like, you're them. the crazy ones. For yeah, sure. right. Did you ever feel that? Did you ever like have to like condemn yourself like for feeling uneasy? I, yeah, I felt like I had like this. Um, try to only bring it up once a week because you're starting to sound like a crazy person. Mm. Thing like putting actual rules on it. Like you're not feeling fulfilled, but that's you. You know you're it's you're making this up right you now um so did he would he whenever you would bring it up did he would he respond at all would he just say like nothing's wrong I don't know why you yeah. would say that like, yeah what and, was the... and to put like perspective like one topic was he had made it very clear that he was graduating grad school and wanted to move to California and so I was trying to create a dynamic where we just talked about that like what are your aspirations where might you want to live what might you want to do? How can I fit into that? Like very normal conversations for people who are living together. Um, And he kind of just shut that out or would kind of give me, you know, short answers, not what I needed to hear, nothing that was, I was like, I don't think he's on board with this. Um, But he's not telling me no and he's not telling me yes, but I'm like getting just enough to like, I'm not asking more questions about it and that works for him. Um, And so, what was your question? No. uh, All right. Hannah, go ahead and ask your question again. Okay. Yeah. So my question was that what was his response when you would ask him stuff other than like, what are we having for dinner? or What are you doing this weekend? Like, and and you said, you mentioned like future stuff that's what you would ask about. So I think the big thing was, um, he had, he was finishing up grad school and made it clear that he wanted to move to California. Um, And so he brought that up, and I would kind of try to dig into that. We'd live together, and so I'd ask, you know, what are your goals? Where do you want to live? When was he finishing grad school? Was it like six months down the road, a year? Six months, six months. okay. So like within the next six months, he was going to graduate grad school, and um, we were looking at, you know, where might you want to live? Or I say we. I kept kind of digging in where might you want to live or Mm -hmm. where would – what would you like to do or right. Right, what, kind of, what does that look like? And we lived together at the time, so it felt like a very reasonable, line <laughs> yeah, of questioning. <laughs> yeah, to kind of feel like I was part of that picture. And I mean, he didn't dodge my questions by any means, but he certainly didn't seem excited or elaborate or really talk about it like I was gonna be part of that picture. Um, and so that was kind of a huge red flag to me that something was up. Um, but that's just one thing, right, you know, uh, there were others. So um, around this time, um, kind of the big thing was um, my grandfather got very sick. And so I was in and out of Houston more and more to see my family, and he eventually was put on hospice. And so abruptly I kind of had to go down, I was in Houston for about a week. and. During that time, I would say he called me zero times. No, he didn't call. even check up on you. Yeah, no, no text messages, no phone calls coming from him. I would reach out, um, but again, it was pretty short and pretty felt pretty insincere. And like he didn't even say like, "How is your grandfather? I mean, he <laughs> would, but like after you texted him, like an after update? I would kind of. I mean, I was definitely going eighty, and he was going twenty, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Wow. Um, and Ugh, so, what was the feeling in your something was some up? Point, I knew right? it at you that knew point. This point. Okay. I literally got on my i my aunt and I lived in the same city, Dallas, and I was in Houston at the time, which is a four hour drive. And my aunt was about to drive back to Dallas, and I couldn't wait to ride in the car for four hours. I flew like I couldn't sit in the car for four hours. Wow. To wait to get back. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So I flew to Dallas and had him pick me up at the airport. And almost immediately, um, he was like, I have to go to my brother's house, who had lived in Dallas the entire time I was there. And he's gone over to his house zero times. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so that, again, felt weird. So... He dropped us off at home, and I unloaded my things, and then he went on to his brother's house, and I just ripped open his, his iPad, which was connected <laughs> to his cell phone. I mean, I felt like I was like, I'm going to find something. That yeah. Got to ask you, though. What? Your grandfather passed. Mm. Well, he hadn't passed yet. He, he was on He hospice. still hadn't. Okay, mm-hmm. so you left Houston before. Because, and honestly, that was the plan regardless at that point. It okay. wasn't early for him by any means. Mm-hmm. Everyone decided to leave at that point. Totally understood. Yeah. Been through that too. Yeah. And and so you're, you're sort of ballistically going through his iPad and his phone yeah. while your grandfather is on his deathbed. Yeah. So you're feeling kind of crazy oh all around. yeah like yeah i would say kind of crazy it's like <laughs> like if there was a one through 10 i was a 40 like okay. yeah so so then i go through the ipad and i i don't even remember but i found a string of communications between him and a a girl that i i know of that lived in downtown that like hung out at the same bar as us like i I believe she was married to another person at the time, um, and and it was <laughs> Lovely. it was all so, I needed to see. It was yeah. very clear. What were the messages? Honestly, I like can't remember them word for word now. But it was like, are you coming over tonight? You know, miss you so much. Can't wait to see you again. You know, like not wow. acceptable right. by any means. And all while I was visiting my grandfather. Wow. Weekend, so. Do you suspect that that was going on well before then or that it was really more? I don't know. I really, I think I distinctly remember when things got kind of weird towards the end and I know that she was always kind of, I imagine it was towards the end. Yeah. right. But I don't know when it started and ended. So this is actually something I don't remember you telling me at the time, but did you confront him? Like, what did you say? Yeah, so he, So when I read the messages, I didn't want to be in that house for another second. So I had literally my entire wardrobe there, my pet, I had all of my belongings, and my house was leased out on Airbnb for the next week, (laughs) of course, because I am a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I went downstairs to pack up my car full of my stuff. And my car got towed. So oh I was trapped. God. I was I outside. About yeah. So I was outside with all of my belongings. <laughs> including a cat. I did bring the cat back. I said, screw that, I'll come back to the cat. Um <laughs> But I, I did, was outside with all of my belongings and my and car And this was, was like towed. Christmas time, right? Um it was October-ish, I think. Right. October. No, no, no. It this happened in August. August, was, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. So So the heat, not the cold. (laughs) Yeah, the heat, not the cold. So I called my friend Jen, Kranta, and told her 911, I need to pick up immediately. And she was there in 10 minutes and got all my stuff and took it over to her house. And I just dropped it all there, talked with her through what happened. Um, I'm sure I was ballistic. And then um, decided to go back. So I went back to the house before he got there and said, you need to come home immediately. Um, And then confronted him with it. I mean, he knew that we were about to talk about something. What'd you say? Said, um, I went through your messages and you've had very inappropriate conversations with another human being. And his response? I think he was shaking. Like He was just shaking. Oh, he knew, I mean, I'm sure he said, sorry, or I'm sure he, you know, something along those lines. But, but it's foggy. You can't remember what he said. I, I just asked all the questions. I was like, can you confirm that you've been seeing this person? Yes. Okay. Have you slept with this person? Yes. Okay. How, how long have you been doing this? None at all. Okay. Don't believe you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was. What? Like, he he's tried to say that it just happened or what? I, I really, I honestly don't remember. You kind of you got what you needed to know. Oh, I, I didn't care anything about how long the details that was not the point you've seen another human being you've slept with another human being i'm living in your house no well and beyond that just no. the lack of communication or even give a shit on his part for what you were going through it's like not only were you cheating on me you were also not even checking up on like you were not there's no... You weren't splitting your your care. You were clearly giving it all to this person, yeah. not me. He could have at least laid off on the cheating while your grandfather was passing away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that just is common courtesy. The timing yeah. of it was pretty horrible. And I should say, like, I was very close with my grandfather. Yeah. Like, it's like losing his father. And he knew. Father. Yeah. He knew. It takes a, a special kind of cruel to yeah. sort of incorporate those t- <laughs> Yeah. Those two so it gets weirder. So, um, so after confronting him, I decide that we should, I mean, we're talking, I think I eventually got more out of him. We're talking through everything. And, um, and he's trying to like defend himself. And I think at one point he was like, (laughs) but his, her husband beats her sometimes. And I was like, oh, poor her. I am like, oh, <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> um, oh, then you should go fuck her because he just, your car husband beats her. Like, yeah. what? It's just a strange thing. Wow. Um, so... Do you think he, like, wanted a charity case? Like, that's a really strange response to somebody I think he you, just like, wanted to feel better about what he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Grasping at straws. Grasping. And so... Um, Anyway, we ended up staying. I mean, it was so, I mean, I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning at this point. I'd been like crying. I was exhausted. And so I did stay the night there. Um, separate rooms. And um, I woke up the morning and my grandfather died. Mm-hmm. That was the first message I got at 6 a.m. It's the worst. Yeah. To me. So I don't know why. Oh, well, because I had nowhere else to go, I went to work. <laughs> oh my god! So I went to work, and they sent me home because I was losing my mind. Um, <laughs> One look at you, and they're like, "Did yeah. you get cheated on?" And your grandfather died today. Simultaneously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I am super lucky. I had like friends and family take me in for the next week. Cancelled every Airbnb booking I had coming up, and moved back into my home. So, um, yeah. What was the process of building a new normal? I mean, what, I think everybody kind of has a method, mm-hmm. a methodology behind that for themselves. Yeah, I think, um, I think that the new normal, um, what was hard is that we had created this identity downtown, that all, we had all the same friends. We went to the same places. Everyone knew us as this couple. I had people coming up to me for months asking where Andrew was you know? Um, so. Had he moved at this point or was he still downtown? We were both downtown. Yeah. So, um, and I think he was, you know, initially I didn't mention this earlier, but initially he was like, I would never stay with that girl. Like this is nothing like trying to, um, minimize, minimize the, uh, what it was. I mean, but he did stay with that. And he then married that girl. Wait, what? Uh, he married her? Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So. It, what? Yeah. So oh I think that what was hard to create a new normal was that I lived in this place where I had an identity with this person and I was m- mourning and we had all these mutual friends and they were just hanging out in front of my face. Like it was Ugh. really hard to find. My, they as in him in this A character yeah. in this story though is the bar yeah, yeah. so City tavern is its animal. I mean, it's yeah, it was our place where we met. It's our place where we hung out. It is like oh, it's across the street. We from called your it apartment. our living room because all of our friends lived in the same building, and we would just wander across the and we would get coffee or we would get cocktails. So is it fair to say that in this separation he got the bar? No, actually, I had to confront him, and I got the bar. Very hey. that. That's <laughs> right. That was part of our divorce settlement. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, and really that came after, I have a pretty horrific story of the next time I saw him after the breakup is my friend, Emily, was trying to cheer me up. And so she took me to this barn party where everyone dresses like barn animals. And so I dressed like a kitty cat with a tail and whiskers and like ears on my head. And so I go to this party all day, and then definitely (laughs) drinking my sorrows. Um, And then I roll out of the car in front of my house, in front of City Tavern. And he's standing there, and I just have black black whiskers all over my face. And I'm pretty sure someone drew drew a penis on my chin. (laughs) And I'm faced by this. the story that you told me that night was correct, then you yeah, definitely you did had a fine on, on your face. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that was my next first impression. Um, <laughs> so or was that your last impression? Like, did you ever see him again after that? I don't know if I did. <laughs> oh, God. No, I definitely did once. Okay. But I would say oh. that was our next real run in. I believe I screamed at him with the, the whiskers and the penis on my face he's like, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm living my best life. It's like, look at me. I'm thriving. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and. I'm going to go get a cake. Yeah. And what's funny is I was going home from the night and I immediately got back in my Uber and like found another party to go to. Like that was course. the right choice. Yeah. Right. Um. So anyway, that that's healing, appropriately, I'm sure. Oh, it's healing the same <laughs> way everyone in their 20s heals with rest <laughs> as a cat, dick drawn on their face, and too much alcohol. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, new normal, and honestly, I it took me as long to recover from that relationship as it took to be in it. I think I was just so sad that I didn't make something work that I wanted to, and and I think I would have given him another chance had he wanted it, which is the grossest part, um, just because I wanted so badly to have a companion. Right. And I had a great time when it was good. Um, I do think a lot of that relationship, at least from what I remember of it, and the way I remember you describing it, it was like it was like this thing you accomplished, almost. More than it was like this partnership you, yeah. you, did, you did, valued. And it was kind of I could see where, where it would have felt like I should make this work no matter what. He had offense. the look, he had the style, he had the job, he had yeah. a, a lot of desirable things. I, I, what, I, what, I love the identity. Right? Yeah. I was into what it. What was it about him that captivated you? Um, I think it's exactly what you said. Like I had been, I think it was my first real thing and Prior to that, I wanted something real, and it right. took a long time to get to it, 27 years. So I, I latched onto it and looked past a lot of bad things, you know? And I had nothing to compare it to, which I feel like is the biggest thing. It's like the minute I got into the relationship now that is my marriage, I was like, oh, my goodness. What was what I what doing? What was I doing? But you can't like tell someone what, you know, what no. to hold out for so no oh, we've talked about that a lot yeah but I definitely feel like that was my last long relationship too like you don't know it's <laughs> the first real yeah. one you don't have a lot to compare it to it's hard because everything that happens in college you're like eh, that was silly doesn't <laughs> count yeah and ultimately I had to move right I, to create that new normal yeah day. because we had too many friends that were the same I I was uncomfortable it was still sad I just need, I need to like rip the bandaid off and like have something new to talk about. Right. Totally. So one of my toughest friendship moments with you is a moment that I don't even remember happening, but was reminded of by you just a couple months ago. After, after you were split with Andrew, six months go by. I think at this point you're probably in Houston. No, no, I was driving. I was driving home from Fort Worth. When we had the conversation. So you remember it. Yeah. So she's talking about Andrew. Six months have passed since the breakup. And I don't remember saying this, but apparently I said, what? You're still thinking about this guy? (laughs) And I was just reminded of this conversation a couple of months ago when I was in the weeds of my own heartbreak. And now knowing that I said that seems just so silly. 6 months is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Are you healed? Can you do you ever heal totally? Um I would say I'm healed, but in the same way. I mean, I entered the next relationship with a clenched fist right. around infidelity, you right. know, like you will not. I right. you know, like that is the end all be all. And I think that maybe there's something not normal about that either i don't know it's not to say that i encourage infidelity but like again it's a symptom like you've let go you've let go of that fear a little bit or I acknowledge um, that that right. fear might be wrapped up in my past experiences of course yeah. right. and i'm with a person now who's never been cheated on he doesn't know that pain he would be like you six months what you know <laughs> and so it's it's hard to rationalize that that pain with someone who hasn't felt it themselves do you think that um I mean, your experiences before Andrew with infidelity, is there a reason why those, I mean, do you feel like it took that long to recover from those heartbreaks and pain? The initial ones? Right. I would say not so much. I would say that like what was hard about Andrew was just being an adult and thinking I should have it figured out by now. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas the younger ones, I could still rationalize that I had some time to bounce back. Mm Mm-hmm. It felt a little harder the Mm -hmm. older you get. You know, I understand. Yeah, (laughs) that that is very true. At what point in this process, maybe it was before it happened, maybe it was during, maybe it was during your healing process, I honestly don't know, did you find out about your mom? I found out um, about my mom. My mom um, cheated on my dad for almost the entirety of their relationship. So they were together for 20 something years, and I think she cheated 20 something years. Um, and she's now with the person that she cheated on him with, um, they're, they're still dating. So, um, but I found that out probably within the same year I started dating Andrew. So before, but certainly something that kind of was a shock to my system, I definitely, I like questioned my identity, like right. Right, of if I, he was my father or some right. other man, but I have my dad's face. So I feel pretty good. Yeah. About, you're your dad's kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think that that was like, certainly, I mean, maybe that's also why I'm sensitive. I don't know. The- was it, was it hard to hear that after having just been a victim of infidelity? I mean, what were your feelings towards your mom upon learning that? I was really angry with my mom initially it took me a few days to I remember I ignored her call for a little while because I just wasn't you know it had been by the time I found out it was long over they were divorced they had moved on my dad had remarried and I was thankful for that because I got to um love my parents independently of that and Mm -hmm. like I think it would have been really hard for me to understand that as a kid or you know there's no reason why a kid I feel like needs to know that information um but I think it it made me sad because um, that's a long time to have lies in your life, right? you know? And I think that that's really, there was, again, I grew up in a house where parents slept in different rooms and didn't talk about it. They didn't, they weren't so this talking. Like, this it's, it's, not talking thing it has been, been such, a long time. Yeah, I mean, they weren't connecting and they weren't communicating and they were just... And so again, the infidelity was the symptom of this other thing, but um, sure, I'm sure it felt like cruel and unusual punishment to my dad who knew about it the entire time, you know? Right. Who was supporting his family while he was simultaneously being cheated on. Right. I mean, I have so much sympathy for that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was definitely a stay together for the kids' life. Right. I mean, they. Everyone in our family knew that my parents didn't want to be in the same room. Right. Which is, I think, hard. And then they yeah. d- they split up when you were in high school, right? Like you yeah, know, they sp- yeah they split sure. up my senior year of high school actually. Oh, okay. So, So um, my parents lived in separate houses my senior year. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you think that's why you were sensitive to? Or maybe we're a little bit more in tune with your gut instinct of of maybe suspicious behavior or a lack of communication because you were I mean you grew up with it. Mm, I wouldn't say it was suspicious. I think anyone who like it was blatant. Yeah, it was pretty blatant. Yeah, but I wasn't looking for any kind of signs. No, but I did. I would say that it felt like I had um, I felt like a product of something very screwed up after I found out about my mom and. Um, wanted it to be I, I didn't want that for myself Right. and so I feel like that was very discouraging um, to have relationships that ended that way Well both Hannah and I stood with you at your wedding to Sean, a guy that we love very dearly How do you two talk about infidelity? How do you broach this conversation? Um, I think that the, really the big difference is Honesty and conversation. So he has slightly different viewpoints as me, which I came in with this hard line that It won't happen. It will never happen and it will ruin relationships. And if it doesn't, gone. Bye. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know for him He is a different human being and while he Doesn't see that he's going to cheat on me and he doesn't want that um, He also knows that human beings aren't perfect and you, um, you can't just desert people for being imperfect. And so we spend a lot of time talking about honesty. I think he would say, when we first met, he was like, man, you do not hold back on a subject you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he did something I didn't like, I mean, it was 12 seconds later. I was like, I don't like the sentence you just said. <laughs> and he was like, okay, let's talk about it. But I think he's, like, the difference is, is that there's no... Um, he doesn't shy away from having that conversation. Even the most uncomfortable ones. I can be mad. I can be sad. I can... It's like he, he can hold your feelings. Yeah. If they're good or bad, like you can have them and he's not like... He can meet he's not me freaking there. freaking out about it. Yeah, he can, he can totally meet me there. And I think that's a huge difference. Um, so I think that, um, you know, our relationship will have its, its its issues to come. Everyone's does. But I think like being able to just talk to each other honestly is gonna make all the difference yeah I can completely see that I, I will say my viewpoint on infidelity has evolved over time too and I'm not even a hundred percent sure why I just feel like there are there are ways to work through things again kind of like the way Sean describes it like every humans are imperfect mm-hmm. and you're committing to a lifetime with somebody yeah I don't imagine that there aren't going to be times that that could come up and yeah. if you're willing to work through like you mentioned the other day you're like I think he'd love me if I straight up got amputated <laughs> yeah and like I'm like that if you're willing to work through that yeah then why why is infidelity not added to that list I mean I understand chronic dishonesty yeah that's happens a lot of times in tandem with infidelity but if that doesn't happen then to me, that's another thing that you could work through potentially. Yeah. Well, amputation isn't necessarily a choice. No. Yeah. Infidelity is. Yeah. It no, is, of I, course. Sh- I should say, I, I feel like that comes from a place is like, he's ready to do the hard stuff with right. me. And I think, I think when we're talking about Sean's viewpoints, or really anyone who has a more liberal viewpoint when it comes to infidelity or monogamy, is it goes back to exactly that. I don't want this to happen. I'm just saying that I'm not a perfect human. And that's why we're having this conversation yeah. in the first place. Yeah. To stay open mm-hmm. enough to make sure that we never get to that point. Because it's not just an I thing when it comes to infidelity. No. It's symptomatic, like yeah. we talked about. And there's thousands of things that you can you can close up and not want to talk about we've talked a lot about i don't want there to be one topic that we're not willing to go there on can you think of another can you think of something that you would be more upset by him doing than infidelity doing not doing talking about not talking about i think trust like and trust is in is Infidelity would break my trust, but there's a thousand ways to break my trust, you know? Yeah. And like, that's conversation we've had a lot. I was like, it seems silly, but if you told me that you were going to come home from work and you didn't, and you went drinking all night with like your buddies, and then you told me that you had to work late, I would be livid. Right. Maybe not as mad as if you cheated on me, but like, that is not an acceptable behavior. And and we'll have a conversation about that. But you're saying at your at their core, they're both essentially the same lying. To me, it's yeah, it's all systematic. Why why would you need to lie to me? That we we've got something we need to talk about then. Yeah. Uh, is there any point where infidelity is about sex though? I don't that that I don't know. I think in my I relationship, think absolutely. In I my relationship, imagine. I can't imagine that. Um, You know, I feel like if you're incredibly um, sexual, you know, like that's your past, right? Then, then maybe. But knowing my partner, I guess in this relationship, like none of us were like wilding out. I don't think that's something that either of us want. I guess is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And if it became a thing, I I don't, I don't feel like it would be the sex. I think it would be something else. Right. Yeah, I mean I, I think that I think that it definitely can be the sex, but I mean that again is symptom all of something back. else. So it's not like yes, maybe the need that you're fulfilling is truly just sex, but then again, that is a symptom of something else you're not talking about with the partner. You know yeah. what I mean? So no it's never just about the act. It's always about something else. Usually, at least. Have you obviously you and your mom have a beautiful relationship and have reconciled but what was it like to talk through that with her you know it's it's an interesting phenomenon when you grow up and you become an adult and you see your parents as a, as adults too and, and you mm. kind of just start having conversations human to human rather than mother to child yeah. what was what was that conversation like with your mom I mean were you Able to find common ground. I don't think we've ever actually acknowledged that my mom cheated on my dad. She's just with him, and she, nobody. Yeah, I've acknowledged wrong. it with my father. Um, really, I mean, when I was getting married, I felt I didn't invite my mom's boyfriend immediately because mm-hmm. I felt like that wasn't right. Um, but discussed it with my father, and I've been able to have be honest with him about it. Um, but with my mom, we we haven't gone there. No, no. We've never discussed her infidelity. Really? No. Do you want to? I mean, I think it's somewhere that we could go. I don't know if I need that, though. I really am grateful that there was a time lapse between that occurring, my parents separating, and then me knowing. About knowing it. Because I think that it was incredibly... It was a lot easier to digest than... Probably as an adult having experienced that stuff, it's a yeah. lot easier to digest. Imagine if you had been 18 and yeah. you're like... And I think I've gotten really a lot of... Um, I've, I've gotten to talk to my sisters about it a lot, which I think has been useful because they experienced it with me and they're a little older. and um, Probably give you some perspective. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think the conversations haven't happened, but I don't... I don't really feel the need to to discuss it with my mom. I also know that my mom, I mean, she's mentioned on many occasions that, you know, I know she didn't leave because of us. And I know that she was very fearful of what that would do to us or for us. And she carries a lot of um, guilt for what happened. And I don't, I'm not mad at her anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want her to feel, I don't want to perpetuate that. She's asked me on multiple occasions if we had a good life or if she hurt us or, you know, and I, and I really do love her and, um, it doesn't carry that weight. So I don't feel like it's worth hurting her. Right. Yeah. No need to go there then. Yeah. So, and Sean has never been cheated on. Mm-mm. Have either of you ever been a cheater? He has. He told me a story. He's mm-hmm. cheated. Um, he was um, he was with this girl all through college and then um, after college studied abroad and did I think a year between Mm -hmm. Italy and Paris Mm -hmm. and during that time he was he cheated on her quite a bit and I don't think he I think being the cheater and not taking that relationship seriously I don't think he felt a lot of Sympathy right. for what happened, but I sure do. Right. Um, so yeah, I think he, that's. The... I was a cheater. I yeah. cheated mm-hmm. in college. Um, it happened one time, and to this day, it is the most humiliating experience of my life, <laughs> hands down. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I was definitely there for it. I, I remember. I Did you come meet sure. us at that bar with yeah. the, bur- the burger yeah. place? Yeah. Oh, taproom. Yeah. You were in my shorts. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I knew there was something to do with shorts, but I didn't shorts. want to embarrass my, you with like, the alternatives. You can have them. <laughs> it was the most humiliating yeah. experience of my life. It was instant regret um, and and totally has altered the way I think about infidelity. Yeah. And I don't share a lot of the same views that you do. I think because of my experience, being the bad, yeah. the bad person. And, and here's why. It doesn't just happen. There are th- at least 30 steps yeah. in between your initial thought yeah. and the act. 30 bad decisions later. There are 30 opportunities yeah. for you to not do this thing. Yeah. And you're thinking about them and you're pushing them aside repeatedly over and over again and and i i genuinely think i have less tolerance for it because i've done it yeah and i know how conscious of a decision it is it's interesting that you say that you push them aside because i have probably thought on like a well not really anymore but i thought long and hard about Andrew cheating on me with all of my stuff surrounding him. Right. How the hell did you go to bed there? You know? Like, with my work casual hanging in your closet. Mm -hmm. Like, Right. It's just, to me, it's astounding. Um, I've definitely been a cheater. I've been cheated on and I've been on both sides of this Mm -hmm. a couple of times. And I've been cheated on in all... But, well, in two, in all but two relationships. And those were, again, less serious, so they felt like less of a big deal, and then the relationship ended soon after. But the one that I cheated, um, that was the first time I, I remember this, the first time I ever cheated on anybody, I was in high school, and we hadn't been dating very long, and I remember that being the worst feeling of my entire life, and I felt so guilty, I told the person, and was like, Rocked with guilt, felt horrible. We still stayed together in high school for like a month. And then the second time I ever cheated on anyone was in college. And I never told him. And I broke up with him because I did that. And I probably would have waited or I maybe would have just drugged the relationship, this broken relationship out longer. But because I'd done it, I knew I couldn't live with myself and still stay with him. So I broke up with him and i do think that my experience doing that like makes me know for sure it is a symptom of something else it's always it's always selfish always mm-hmm. but i do think that to get to that place of broken you're fundamentally incompatible in a lot of ways and so I don't know. That's that's been my thought on it, and I do think being on both sides of it and being heartbroken because somebody did that to me, I think I could live in a world where if I was in love with somebody and we felt and and they made a mistake, I could potentially attempt to work it out. But it would have to be really, really special circumstances. Like they'd there'd have to be a very limited amount of dishonesty before. Like I don't want to have to find out you have to tell me (laughs) like if I find Mm -hmm. out then it's probably done. Yeah. But you think it's a funny thing is, I mean, even just this weekend we were kind of doing a round robin of like, would you want to know? And I was like, I can't believe you wouldn't want to know. I would want that person to come to me immediately. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence on that, to be honest. Like if I, if it was a one, if it truly was, and I'm just thinking from some stupid shit I would do. You are out and drunk and you flirt with someone and you wake up next to them and you never see that person again. Yeah. Do I want to know that? I don't know. I, or maybe you, if you are carrying on like this flirty thing and then, then the worst happens and you have sex with that person, Like I definitely want to know that because I want to know that there was this dishonesty and that there was all these steps leading up to this horrible thing you did. But like, I don't know. I'm on the fence on that. I truly am because I think I am too, but only for selfish reasons. Only because I just don't, I, I wouldn't want to be sad if I didn't have to be sad. Oh, it's completely selfish reasons. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing. You were fucking selfish and you cheated on me. So you get to live with that. Yeah. And I don't have to be sad if it was a one-time thing. You'd still be sad. That's, that's the worst part. Why? If it was a one-time thing. Well, yeah, exactly. I'd be sad, but that's so, so then do I want to know? Like that, that's kind of, I don't know, I also, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe that's, and this is just my opinion, that maybe not wanting to know is short-sighted and that if you're married and you got 65 more years to go, that like, there's, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there's no place for not knowing. Like really? everything should be I out. I feel like it's so much worse if you have 65 more years ago. No, like, 65 more why are you honest years. Yeah. Oh, that's just right. we got to gonna... get married first, I think, and I then know. revisit okay. yeah. I know. Probably because could. I think you're right. I think it is short-sighted. I think it's not. I think that's the easy thing. We don't have like eternity in our minds. I don't want to be hurt. Well, it's going to hurt now or later. I mean, it's just everything needs to be out. That's probably why you'll have a, fun, a functioning marriage. And I'll probably <laughs> <laughs> like on my third with seventeen cats in ten years. Uh, I don't know. I just I have this like I feel like that is a sacrifice my partner should make if they fucked up that bad. Like you get to live with this thing. I don't have to live with it. But that's the other part too. Is that like I feel like if your partner cheated and you chose ignorance, over, to, yeah, and you chose to work it out and keep going. Like, it's like you can like make them feel bad about it for life. Right? Yeah. So is it because you want right. to be able to have something to hang over their head later? No, I don't want. No, that's not it. I don't want the 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 negativity. Yeah, I don't. I, like like I truly don't believe in in hanging stuff like that. Over like their head. if if I were to. To work through something like that, we'd be like starting from a clean slate, trying to work past yeah that trust breach. I want to know what like a professional therapist says. I'm sure they're saying that my way is really fucked up. (laughs) I feel feel like we've all got one in our phones that we could probably text. I can call Amber right now. I mean, we just left, but I'm like, hey, I'm (laughs) not done. Hey, Amber, one more question. (laughs) I have just one last thing. What's your professional opinion? (laughs) I just want to throw something by ya. Three girls on a failure. Please don't charge me. Yeah. <laughs> She'll listen to this episode and really love that we shouted her out. Or she will legally really not be okay with <laughs> <Never>, Sorry. <laughs> so obviously the stories that we just told were never portrayed in our favorite fairy tales. So we've got to ask you, what was your favorite growing up? Ooh. Well, I did have little mermaid sheets. Um... <laughs> Was The Little Mermaid your favorite character in The Little Mermaid, though? Probably. Probably. Uh, yeah. Let me think on that. I was kind of flounder. You would be a flounder. I really loved. It's just because you look too much like Ariel. I look like flounder? Ariel. <laughs> no, you oh, look like oh, Ariel. Oh, my God. God. A no, I, to I it. can't be Ariel. Yeah, no, You've got to, like, reject. Mm, I, reject. Really love I really loved Sleeping Beauty. Yes, girl. That was... Sleeping Beauty is a good one. Yeah. Why? Why did I love it? Because mm-hmm. it was kind of dark. Like, more dark. than the average. I love Maleficent. Yeah, we crazy. like to give Sleeping Beauty a lot of shit because it's sort of like the, like the, like the fairy tale version of assault. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I never saw it that way, though, as a child. Never, never. I thought Her it was s- very romantic. wasn't seeing a, a lot at six, though. <laughs> wasn't picking up on those nuances. Lots of, lots of things we should have picked you, up on. Well, it sounds like it's, that's funny, too, that yours is a Sleeping Beauty. That was mine. And also, your description of your relationships and not communicating through them. Just, like, turning mm-hmm. off. Zombie girl. Zombieing <laughs> through them. Yeah. That's, oh, no, I was asking the questions. I was just too, like scared to keep digging. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. What do you think though did that ever like make give you an expectation from from those fairy tales? Did you have an expectation based on those like stories you were told as a kid? Um I don't know if specifically fairy tales in its traditional context I had an expectation, but I think I did have an expectation to like have a partner and be loved and it be like not be cheated like, on one <laughs> one plus one equals two like as easy as that I mean even you said it you you took it harder at 27 because you thought some that was instilled in you somewhere some some time that you didn't have that much time after 27 you know yeah the Which clock was ticking sounds probably r- and ridiculous. that is silly we yeah. you know that's silly yeah as a 27 year old <laughs> I too <do> feel that <laughs> way yeah but I, I get you. It is silly. It's very silly. Plenty of happy people finding their partners at 35, 40, 45. hmm hmm Yeah. I, I think that we just grew up with not a real sense of time, first of all. And also, our parents were in their marriages, the big marriages of their lives at our age. So it is kind of hard to compare. Mine were not. Really? No. You're different. Yeah. No. My mom didn't have me until she was 37. And you know, back then that was unheard of. Now that's right. very common. That's a, right, a typical age. But um, you know, back then it wasn't. My my dad was married for the well for the first and only time at thirty five. Yeah, that was that was atypical though. Right, common now, not then. Mm. When your mom was your age, though, did she have, Was she married? She yeah, and she was divorced. She had had two boys. So that's true. Right. I mean, that's she, what I mean. She took like, a typical route, and is, then um, right, and then sort of diverted. But um, yeah, but yeah, my dad for sure was not a classic case. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my parents were very well. My dad had like two whole lives, but with my mom, when she was my age, she was pregnant. I think she was pregnant with me. Mm. Can you imagine? Hell no. Uh-uh. <laughs> but, I mean, plenty of my friends have gone that traditional route too and, and do have a couple of kids right now. And, I mean, I, it's, I've seen both play out. It's just, it's just weird sometimes to think that that is not – how different that was mm-hmm. a generation ago. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't aiming to be what my parents were, but I was just, like, ready to stop wondering who was going to love me back. You know, like wondering what, I was ready to like, I'm futuristic though, like I was like, I'm always like wondering what the next thing is and Mm -hmm. for a long time the relationship bucket wasn't filled. So, um. But now it is. Now it is. Now it is. Yeah. So, now I'm just like pushing him to move and do things (laughs) that keep me excited. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the, the the next exciting chapter for you guys? Um, we're eventually going to have babies. Huh. Yeah, I know. Babies. Yeah. So, I'm excited for that. A little a little Lee. I know. I think he's the only human being I could see myself doing this with. Well hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've joked on many occasions that we wish he could be the carrier because he's just so much more responsible. I <laughs> would happily be a surrogate. Please. Please be our surrogate. I would love oh to hold a actually, little and Sean baby. I would, I would love have, so weird. I would really mm. appreciate Would you do it for free? Well <laughs> It takes like quite that a that toll out. on your body. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it. Thank what? you for sharing with us. Of course. Is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> okay, <Sorry>, guys. <laughs> your fairy tale ends with Kate having your baby. Guys, that was Lee's story, and we really hope that you got something out of it. I mean, I know so many people who've dealt with infidelity on. Either end, um, and again, 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 the whole point is that you take something, connect to, to the story that you're hearing, and um, learn from it in some small way. That's the whole point. We're really excited to announce, um, and I'm actually going to let Hannah say it because she's the builder of the website, that dun-dun-dun. Right, we have a, a website that is live now, fairyfailspodcast.com. It has all our episodes up. Um, you can stream them and listen to them. It also has a little bit about us on there. Um, and yeah, again, that's fairyfailspodcast.com. We're also really excited about what's to come in episode seven. It's the first episode um, that we're going to get to share with you guys It's coming from basically an unknown interview this is a person who um accepted an inquiry and said yes i i want to tell my story so this is new for us this is big for us and the topic is big too or i'm going to be speaking with someone who uh is hiv positive and lives and dates and um thrives Mm -hmm. with with that as a part of his life i'm so pumped to hear his story Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to hear what he has to say for him to share his experience with us from beginning to end. And I hope you guys will love it.